welcome to the very first Raven Spotlight. Not the game Raven Review Podcast, but a Raven Spotlight. We have a lot of new Ravens, well, part of Game Raven, and we want to give them just like a special episode to themselves. To kind of talk about them, to introduce them to the audience, and just have them do whatever they feel like doing for the next X amount of minutes. <laughs> and so for the very first one, we have your neighbor, TJ, who is our content creator lead and also, well, special guest for the very first episode. TJ, how are you? I am doing so well. Uh, I realized I put on some sunglasses to kind of keep I saw. a bit of a mysterious element. Just took them off and then I realized this is an audio podcast and that that bit's not going to translate very well. Well, we also have a visual audience. If you are listening to this podcast and would love to see the very fun bit of the sunglasses, again, Game Raven Review on ooh, excuse me, Game Raven Review on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Game Raven Review. I would get other glasses, but I cannot see without my very thick prescription glasses. So, um, which these are supposed to be transitions. They don't transition. Like, really? I talk to them like, oh, yeah, you got to be like in like do- like as this light is on me you have to be in direct sunlight so i'm like, well, like that does it as opposed to i guess like mm-hmm. and when i was like well i'm standing at the sun <laughs> blinding myself for 10 minutes and they're not changing she was like well you know it did tint some because i just sent in pictures it tinted some but then it was like well i thought there were tint more and she was like no and i was like oh okay well thank you for letting me waste like 200 dollars on things that didn't work Oh, but enough about me and my blindness. TJ, <laughs> how are you? Oh, it's a it's beautiful day, beautiful place, beautiful people. Life's good. The weather is uh I live in the northwest, um, like many, and I don't really know what's been happening with the weather lately, and it's been wonderful. It's been great. In the last month, I think it's been freezing and it's been 70. And I don't know what's happening on any given day. I and the walk from my car to my office, because I live in the South, as my, I think most of my things have DFW. I live in Dallas, Texas, um, a.k.a. just hot. And we are already in the mid-90s. It is only May. Someone keeps reminding me that it is quote-unquote spring, and I want to just hit them in the face. Oh. Because if this is spring, I can't wait for summer, yeah. where I just will pass out in the middle of the street and just tell me, just leave me here. It's okay. Mm, that would be rough on me. I like visiting anywhere in the South for like long weekends. That's really nice, you know. But anything long term, I I don't know how that works. I feel like I would end up just looking like a like a lasagna or something <laughs> at a certain point. Like you big me at ninety for two weeks and I'm out. Yeah, yeah, and that's why like I like my office. It's super cold, and I appreciate them for waste not even wasting, investing in us staying alive during the summertime. <laughs> oh man! But as stated earlier, this is not your regular scheduled programming. We are not doing a podcast. This is just an intro to New Ravens. Basically, I'll be going through asking them questions about themselves, asking them questions how they feel about Game of Raven. Do they think it's going to be long term? Do they like us? Like us? Things of that nature kind of have you guys be more familiar with them. And of course, TJ might be in the podcast one day as well. So you're not just like, who is this random stranger man? I do kind of like that. I like a little sense of mystery around me 
We're peeling that back today, though. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Like an onion, many layers. Yes, exactly. Many layers. Always further depths to be explored. Yes. Yeah. And sauteed, I guess. That's Avatar. Oh, that second one. (laughs) (laughs) Which, after a decade, it's like children have been born and gone to college. And it's like, oh, yeah, that movie. How is it that James Cameron managed to go from making the set the sequel not too late? He like waited so long that it's no longer too late, and now it's just capitalizing on nostalgia. Well, that's the with the that's what most things are now. The Chippendale movie, nostalgia. Um, even Marvel to some degree is still nostalgia because it's like 2008, I guess, when the first one happened. Yeah, it's just like, compounding it, it, interest of of nostalgia. Like, hey, you remember this thing when you were a child? Yeah. Do you do you want to remember that again? I mean, sure, I guess. Hey, present day ain't exactly swinging hard, so let's. <laughs> I remember the good old days. It. Could use a throwback. Yeah, what? Definitely. <laughs> when Paris Hilton was like the most controversial thing we had. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Now you're bringing me back. <laughs> remember the days of Charlie the Charlie the Unicorn, Salad Fingers. Ah, the good times of YouTube. The, <laughs> uh, oh, Fred! Remember Fred? Oh. See, this was simpler times. Did you watch the video of, and I get, I forget his name, the guy from Blue's Clues, like, like, hey guys, I missed you. Yes, like, when Steve came back. Steve, yes. Oh. And I'm like, I was, I was too old, but even me, I was like, you did leave us though. Like you, like I was in like high school, college, and I remember a friend like, hey man, Steve left, and I'm like, Steve from Blue's Clues. Yeah. Where'd he go? College. College? Me too. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And even like Arthur, who had his like final episode where he has like Panic at the Disco hair for some reason. And I just like, oh, wow, this is just trying to just make me feel real old right now. Thank There's you. There's a scene, kid. It really is. Like, you just <laughs> see all them grown DW's a cop. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. No, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that one's on brand. Like it's just funny to see all the nostalgia tr- just coming back up again decades later. <laughs> oh man, simpler times. It was. And thank you all for joining us here today, whether it be podcast or maybe even online through Twitch, Twitch.tv forward slash Game Raven Review. Always be plugging. And we'll be right back. See you on the side. Raven Review Podcast. TJ. Yes. How did you find us? How did I find Game Raven? I was a bartender. Well, actually, I still am a bartender. But I was a bartender at a pool hall. And how I found them is that one day, uh, this, this woman came in and her name was Emily and she's like, Hey, I just wanted to come in and see how it looks. You know, I've, I've got a few friends that we 
my, I were looking for somewhere to just go and hang out for a little bit. And I was like, excellent. Yeah, let's go ahead. And I like was showing her, you know, around the place where the pool halls are. And there's this cool downstairs section. So I was showing all that. And then they end up coming back. And it was great. And so everyone was there. I was chatting because I'm a chatty bartender. And uh, they seemed cool, you know. Someone walks in with blue hair and you're like, I can get along with you. That's, it's just, I don't know what it is. But that always seems to be <laughs> like a vibe that you can pick up from someone. Right? So we were start chatting, and then I was, uh, they mentioned that they do Twitch and content and all that stuff. And I said, <gasps> I do Twitch and content and all that stuff. Let's keep talking. Say more currently, right now, to me. And then, by the way, to this day, we don't know why. But they were telling me, like, what their handles are. I was writing it down so I could find them. And Taz, Taz wrote his down. And I, I know Taz. I don't know how I know Taz. But I know that handle. I saw that handle written down, and immediately, I was like, we have interacted on the internet before. <laughs> and neither of us knows how. I cannot find it, like, trying to go through the internet. It is a total mystery to us to this day. But we realized that they were, uh, you know, we had similar interests and all that stuff. The thing that they had coming up most recently was uh, the charity, actually. The charity stream was something that was upcoming at that time. And we just kind of connected through there. Um, I'm also a consultant as, as one of my jobs. And so there's already a little bit of crossover. Emily and I started sitting down just to have some meetings and kind of go over things that I saw and whatnot. Because um, I've been making stuff and doing, you know, I was a commentator since 2014. And that that that's kind of... I don't know how it happened, to be honest. It was, I just got really excited, and then we were chatting, and then suddenly I'm here. <laughs> All right. I think you do have a voice for commentary. I, it's funny you mentioned that I had a very, like, similar situation with a friend. He's getting married. We had, like, a dinner, and me and this girl just looked at each other. I'm like, I know you. And she's like, I know you too, but I can't place from where. And we have no mutual friends. We have no, like, no ties on the internet. It's like, I, but your face is super familiar. It's happened. Right. It's like in a past life or something, maybe I knew you, we were friends. I don't know what it is, but it's like that eerie feeling of like, I've talked to you somewhere before. Yeah. Like I, it reminds me like of, um, what was that? What was that? There's a big movie. It was this big, like Atlas Shrugged type thing. Was that the one where they kept living like the same lives, but like in different times? Is that the Tom Cruise one? Lived yeah. Lived I Repeat with Emily Blunt? Oh, no, no, not that one. But yes, that one. That, that's in the same thing. Any of that type of stuff where it's just you recognize someone and, and it feels like you've maybe like reset the whole day, Groundhog Day type situation, and suddenly this person is familiar but unknown. Mm. I like that feeling, by the way. I always find it like interesting because it's like, I wonder what this little itch to the back of my head is. Yeah, like, it must be something. I just don't know what it is. And hopefully one day, you know, technology, science and things gets more and more advanced. We'll figure out what that is and hopefully don't invade it or try to hit it with something. That'd be good. You know, the world would just be a better place if we had that feeling with everyone that we saw, though. <laughs> I mean, yes. If you just saw people, <laughs> if you saw someone that you don't know and you thought, I know you, that, like, I again, feel like that'd be a positive change. You're just a, a stranger, just a friend I haven't met yet. Exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, man, so TJ, why did you join Game Raven? 
I did warn you that I was not great at staying on topic. <laughs> oh, no, no, this is fine. I love this. Because, again, this still shows your personality. That's what I really want this to be. Okay. Like, I want this to be whoever we're interviewing, even if it's Puppet, because, again, Puppet's been on the podcast many of times, but yeah. I want to have a sit down with Puppet, again, to show, and not saying that the podcast doesn't show your personality, but, like, this is a one-on-one. This is the more intimate setting of, hey, I want to talk to you. You're not being drowned out by three other people. You're not being, you know, constrained to like what maybe the topic is for the day. It's we're having a conversation. Just you, I'm, me, mm-hmm. looking in Plants. each other's eyes. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to feel like I know you. I know, you, know? you too. This is nice. This is nice. <laughs> uh, why did I join Game Raven? I joined Game Raven because we were. Emily and I were having all those conversations and, you know, moving forward. And, and I think what I got most of it was two things, which is a, that Emily and since all the people that I've worked with in game Raven really do care about what it is that they're doing. And I, uh, I like to surround myself with, with people like that, you know, in the jobs that I've had and in the projects that I do, there are a few things more gratifying than working with people that actually just, uh, this is um, PG-13, correct? Yes. Yes, who, who just give a darn about what they're doing. <laughs> who, just, who just care. And that is the most satisfying thing to be around those types of people. But the other thing is that, you know, as best as I can tell, what Game Raven is trying to accomplish doesn't really exist currently. Uh, and it's also an idea that I think is brilliant. It is, it is something that is really necessary because the noise of the internet these days is just constantly providing endless new inputs for, for ideas. And the way that marketing has evolved in this world is the budgets for those large um, productions is just so uh, pervasive. And it's also at the same time where the tools have been handed to people to, to make their own games, you know, at the highest quality that's ever existed and, and is going to continue to kind of grow. So being able to actually have a, a group that is focused on bringing all of those gems to light is like really exciting to me um, because that, you know, some of the greatest games that we've ever talked about have uh, been indie games you know the some of the ones that have really highlighted and been the part of much of our kind of collective consciousness that was a good answer that was a good answer like <laughs> i just didn't listen that was a good answer oh my god but yeah like it's i totally agreed like and it kind of leads to the next question that we have about how what how you got into gaming we'll get to that in a second i again i enjoy game raven again it's kind of like you someone was like hey look at this group and i'm like okay i'm looking at this group they seem fun. Yeah. Yes. I would like to hitch my wagon to your wagon, if that's okay. Hitch my wagon to your <laughs> wagon. Mm. <laughs> One of those wagons going to be dragon. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But you know what? We, we will make it out anyway. <laughs> We're going to make it out. Oh, but TJ, I am glad to have you again hitching your wagon to the game Raven wagon or building yeah, your nest next to our nest, I guess. It's a good thing we invested in a lot of hitches. You know, got an extra horse, you know. Don't like that. Don't, the, the odd thing about me, hate horses. Really? Yeah. 
Well, you know what? They are like big stompy mass monsters. They're though. terrifying. They're a strictly worse cow. A cow does everything that a horse does better and with more. Gives more to society. I don't want to get too into it because it's a whole. That will really derail this one. How I feel about horses, but it could be all wagons as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Wagons all the way up with with a nice cow, with a lovely cow or an ox. An ox Mm. would be great too. Yeah, so many good options. I have so many questions, but we will move on. We will move on. Um, All right. So speaking about gaming, as you did earlier, what got you into gaming? Oh. This is good. Okay. So as a fun fact, I'm at, at my core originally a little country boy. I, uh, I grew up out in the middle of the woods on 10 acres, uh, running around, climbing on trees, falling out of trees. I didn't really have internet until I was 19. I'm 30 now. That's pretty recent in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> so gaming, to me, there were kind of two phases that or three, I guess three phases that kind of got me into it. And one of them was uh, when I was in late elementary school. Uh, I had a friend named John. And John uh, lived kind of nearby. Everyone was a little bit of a drive. But, uh, by the way, this story, this story doesn't reflect on me that well. Or at least there's a chapter of me being a little jerk in this. But I went to John's house to hang out. And John had an N64, and John had Super Smash Bros. And I remember being so, like, blown away by this. Because um, previously, like, all I was playing was, like, the Space Cadet game, you know, on a, on a okay, computer. Yeah, yeah that yeah. pinball game, right? Like, video games were not... I didn't really have consoles. I didn't have any of that stuff. And so, Super Smash Bros. Mind-blowing. To the point to where, like, a little jerk, I was, like, so focused on, like, enjoying this experience that at one point he was like, I'm going to do something else. And I was like, yes, go do something else. This is... <laughs> so I'm at his house. Oh, I was being a little jerk about it. I feel bad about it to this day. I, like, look back. You know how those moments where you're like, oh, I was bad. I was a meanie. <laughs> I, like, look back on that and I'm like, mm, 11-year-old or 10-year-old TJ was just, nope, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. I'll, my... see you, I'll see you later. Tell your mom to bring me some more pizza rolls. All right, man. <laughs> I'll catch you later. Yeah, yeah. I know we're hanging out, but really, me and me and this are hanging out. Uh, the other one was when I finally did get my first console. It was, um, you know, I didn't, I still didn't really have like internet to be able to hook it up, but it was like uh, an Xbox was my, that was my first one. And ooh, Halo and Fable. And I had like some other games, you know, but it it was no online gaming for me. It was all so like the first Halo and the first Fable were just mind blowing to me. Uh, loved those ones. They're, they're some of the first games that I really just like put endless hours into to the point where, you know, you, you're memorizing missions and nothing quite so grand as like speedrunning from a, a literal sense, but like basically speedrunning them because it's like I like the game. I, and I had other games, sure, but those were like the ones. And oh, racing games, love those too. But uh, the final one was actually post high school. Now I'm kind of a gamer, you know, I play RPGs. There's something that I enjoy, but I don't play them sort of uh, endlessly. But then the one that kind of got me uh, in the end was actually uh, Magic the Gathering, which is. Uh, a paper game, but I was working at a blockbuster 
that's uh, no, no, a for, like, for all oh. you like 19 year olds um <laughs> blockbuster was a place where you went to go get like video games that were physical physical, physical video games were these discs discs are circular <laughs> media <laughs> that are kind of like a thumb drive and a thumb drive now let's go <laughs> Uh, like think the cloud, but on a disc and limited, right? Very limited. I'm really excited, by the way, for the point <laughs> at which when people look at, uh, like think of a floppy disk as a save symbol. Like when does uh, the floppy disk become like it's not a floppy disk anymore for many? That's just the that's save true. icon. And I wonder how many are just like, why did they ever choose that for the save icon? You know? No, there is. There's like a 12 year old walking around like, I don't know what that means. Like, what do you yeah. a cassette? A cassette, a film. Don't mm-hmm. they just don't we just put put everything on our iPhones? What do you mean they're filming on 33, 35 millimeters? What? No. Oh, what? It, no. It's gonna be great. You know, eventually there's gonna be like all these shirts that don't even realize that it's like a floppy disk, and they're gonna be trendy and new, and it's gonna be like a floppy disk, a seat for me. You know, it's gonna be like save a seat for me. It's gonna whatever. <laughs> It's going to be like on a CNN, like they're going to have like spot, like, like the new trend of, of these t-shirts of save symbols. Did you know in the 1980s? It's like, all right, well. Uh, okay. And then Magic the Gathering. So when I was yes. 19, I was working at a blockbuster. I had a coworker that was actually a buddy of mine that has been my friend since we were both four years old. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we were friends, like our paths kind of crossed and diverged and we were in band together. I was a trumpet player. He was a trumpet player. He was a better trumpet player than me. He was seat one. I was seat two, but we still got mm-hmm. along great. Uh, and anyway, what he has been up to since we were last kind of close and now we're coworkers is he's been playing Magic the Gathering. It's been this uh, strategy card game uh, that's been going since the early 90s, late 1993, early 1994. And it is uh, kind of what Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all the Hearthstone, all these other games sort of um, have their roots in Magic the Gathering uh, that they've expanded past. Anyway, just to, in case someone doesn't know what it is. And so he uh, is like, hey, you know, I play this game. I don't really have anyone to play with right now. Do you want to play it? And I said, okay, sure. And so we did the first time. And I was like, yeah, that was fun. All right, that was cool. And he's like, oh, first one's free. And he took me to a game store and bought me a deck. And that was the smartest thing he ever did. He bought me like a $30 deck as a gift. And wow, that was uh, unknowingly life-changing for me. So I started uh, just playing it like casually. A couple years later, I started competing. Um, I started... Uh, traveling to compete, and then I was um, kind of functionally a, a semi-pro player at that point, where, like, I wasn't one of the best, but, like, I was, you know, I won more often than I lost, and, you know, I, I could make money playing, but a little bit. And then, eventually, I started just commentating out of a game store uh, locally, and this is actually how I got into all the things that let me be useful to Game Raven which is uh, there was an idea and people were like, you know, what if we streamed our tournaments for the people who can't make it in this week? That was the idea. You know, some people can't make it in. We had a really active tournament scene at that game store. And so people could, you know, watch their friends play if they can't make it. And someone's like, yeah, we'll make a Twitch. We'll put a camera down on it. It'd be great. So we do that. And someone's like, what if we just had a little bit of commentary so they can know what's happening? 
And then someone was like, TJ, that, that, that's you, right? Um, because if, in case you can't tell, uh, I, I talk. <laughs> it's, you know, and I got the gift of gab, so, so to speak. And so they threw me into uh, a broom closet with someone else's computer, someone, another, a second someone else's microphone, a third someone else made a quick little overlay for it. I had no idea. This is still me five years into even having the internet and zero hardware knowledge, zero software knowledge. Like, you know, I can Google stuff. That's, that's, my, that's my gift, you know? And, uh, and then I just started talking. And in the first one, I remember, you know, we had a couple people watching that were from the local scene and they were like, what should I have for dinner tonight? And I spent a whole round of the tournament just really nitty gritty <laughs> describing how, like, why they should make a chicken Caesar salad uh, for dinner that night. Like, just terrible commentary. Awful. Bad job of it. And I liked it. I, I, so I started doing it every week, and then I started doing it twice a week, and then I started doing it three times a week and four times a week, and I did it four times a week for almost four years. And things started breaking you know they need their computer back okay well now we need to build our own computer so learned how to build a computer now we need our own mics i started learning how to like get mics i would break pieces of the software they're gone so now i gotta figure out how to fix it on the fly and so i uh, over time just learned how to produce um a live stream and then other people wouldn't do commentary with me so i started learning how to direct it and then i started learning how to just actually be not terrible at commentary because I've now done over, I think like 3,500 hours of it. Um, unofficially, I might hold a world record for magic commentary as a mm. fun fact <laughs> uh, with just how much that I've done. And so over time, you know, I'm doing this for years. It eventually becomes the third biggest live uh, magic stream in the world uh, behind the two people that would be like running massive tournaments, you know, with thousands oh, wow. of people, hundreds of people. And then eventually I got picked up by the people who make the game. And I was on their commentary team for a little bit. Uh, and then COVID hit and changes hit and commentary kind of stopped. And, every, you know, the whole world just like changed immediately. <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, still kind of doing my thing. Not really uh, as involved in magic as much these days. And now I'm switching to indies. And that's what got me into gaming. But as it turns out, once you start gaming and competing and traveling the country, you're kind of locked in. That got it. Sorry, that, that became a bit of a long story. No, no. Again, this is what this is for. This is what, no matter how long or short a story is, this is what this segment, this is what this whole spotlight is for. Again, and I didn't know that about you. See, this is what, this is why we have the spotlights. We, to get to learn more about the individuals of Game Raven. Mm, hold on, I got some green lights in here. Let me get the limelight going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still a little bright out, so you're not going to see this well, but it's there. The limelight's on yeah. me. <laughs> I see the glow. I, I see the glow. <laughs> okay, okay, so this one I'm going to expand past just video games. I guess Magic might be on this list somewhere, but your top three games of all time. So when you say the top three games, I'm just, mm. I'm curious... I assume that you mean the top three games that I enjoy, not what I think are like three of the greatest games ever made. Correct. These is, that's why I brought it up to being Magic. It can be a good game. 
Like, as long as it is considered, it can be, you know, hide and seek. Because, again, hide and seek is a game. This is for me. Okay. Though, if you, two of the best games ever created, by the way, in humankind, uh, chess and D&D. Agreed. Okay. But D&D, but D&D was made back in the Greek times. The okay. Iliad and the Odyssey are just games of D&D that someone wrote down. It is 100% just collective storytelling of people trying to, like, have a good time. D&D is the greatest game that humans have ever come up with, and we made it as one of our first ones. Beowulf, that's d and I, I can see how I can see the threads. I see the threads. Yeah. I see the threads. It's, it's just collective storytelling. D&D just is putting rules on it so you don't have that. You remember that kid? We were, like, playing, uh, you know, whatever, uh, space fight in your yard, and you're like, laser gun, and the kid's like, laser-proof shield. And you're like, well, I guess... Uh, I'll get you with another thing and they're like get you with another thing shield because like D&D is just meant to prevent that kid yes it is that's the rules <laughs> that's that's the whole reason we added anything you, else to it <laughs> you can just stop playing with that child it's like you know what ban you <laughs> banning you and your shields then I, I, I play banning of the band like alright okay. yeah exactly okay. so good best games for me um, most formative game the game that got me into fantasy as a genre entirely was uh, Fable. Okay, okay. So, and I really liked that one for its ability. It eventually kind of was the precursor to another game that I loved of Mass Effect, which is this whole, uh, the actions that you take kind of affect the story and the way that people interact with you, that uh, freedom to sort of interact. And so Fable was a big one for me. It put a lot of hours into that one, really kind of, started my love for fantasy and i even realized actually when i first started growing facial hair i kind of immediately went to like a certain type of beard and whatever you know and i was like mm -hmm. this is i like this beard and whatever it kind of just seemed like a natural fit and then i recently went back to like play fable and i was like all right time to give my character facial hair and i was like oh no that's exactly where i got the facial hair that i first grew for myself was the one that i would like give my character in fable oh that was apparently just sitting there right in the subconscious locked in already um magic the gathering is yeah. i think one of the games that uh i do think it's actually one of the the best games that has been made but it's also one that was just really formative for me personally um in the way that i interact with games the way that i interact with life um, i learned a lot of personal life lessons in my interactions with that one and, and made some pretty incredible friends through that game and then the other one it's kind of hard to to just go for three you know so i think you know sometimes you love games even though you can't like replay them too much but i think okay Undertale was another game that just blew my mind when I first played it. And I know what the next question is, so I'm not going to say what I'm about to say, but I'm realizing a thing that's going to be for the next question. But Undertale, um, the soundtrack of that game was phenomenal. The writing of it was absolutely hilarious. The, the way that you could just play the game, you know, I would like sit down and, uh, you know, early COVID, I like had a, a girlfriend um, be like you have to watch, and I was like just watching her play this game because like seeing the way that she would play it and which choices were different than mine, and you know you have to like go into the memory of your computer to actually like wipe certain things so that it's actually a fresh playthrough <laughs> of the game because it remembers all your previous playthroughs. Like that, right. that was just wild to me. That was amazing. 
So brilliant. But I could keep going on and on about like games that I love, but I'm going to go with those ones right now uh, because they have a great tie-in to the next question. Mm, let's see here. So again, kind of mentioning Undertale, so it goes, which kind of, you said, leads to the next question of what stands out what stands out to you most when playing video games or games in general? Yeah, see, ooh, I have very delicately placed breadcrumbs to this mm. question. What stands out most when playing the games? Well, I just told you Fable. I told you Mass Effect. I told you MTG. I told you Undertale. What I love about games most is the ability to choose how we play them. Uh, that is something that just hugely stands out to me. It did when I when I first encountered it, and you could try, you know, a game that has that replay value to learn and expand and build and try new things. Are you going to be a magic user, a sword user, or a, or a bow? Or are you even going to be a good person? Are you going to be a bad person? Are you going to uh, prioritize certain, you know, are you going to make like hard sacrifices for like better things down the way? Or do you, or do you not allow any sacrifices? Uh, same thing with, you know, magic, the gathering. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the game, but it's, it's a massive game. You're basically playing like poker and chess with 15,000 pieces to pick from. And the ways that you play that there's, uh, strategies upon strategies upon strategies upon strategies of aggressive and combo and control and then even within each of those there's ways to to um, make small variations and then within the cards there and then the way that they play against each other now you have even more variations because the way that you're going to play a given strategy against another strategy is going to be different and everyone has their own ideas of what's right and what's wrong and some people are just wrong and some people are just right and everyone else sort of exists in this uh, liminal space where you're doing your best and you're learning you know and every time that you're that someone beats you then then you're gonna get better at it you're gonna learn more and that's something that really appeals to me uh and the same thing is true of undertale you know the thing that really made that game gorgeous to me is i loved the first playthrough of that game went through it the fact that like the choices that i made previously had an impact i was like this is the this is the coolest thing and then as soon as i was like i'm gonna play it again and start making different choices and the game remembered what i had done before and it was like suddenly i could make all those new choices but also the characters were like referencing the previous things that was that was like awe-inspiring to me so games like that any type of game that lets you really tell a story uh is kind of my first priority in a game but my higher priority is games that let you tell your own story okay yeah same for like those games right i like like i said i love undertale i loved the oh my god i killed that frog and now i'm just on the murder run oh guess i'm on the murder run now <laughs> no one told me i shouldn't and then be but like, you could also stop you could have right. stopped sam you could <laughs> once you, you got the taste for blood it was over <laughs> <laughs> it's very french of you frog legs just mm, i have mm. the hunger <laughs> it is like but i also just like how everyone's then just afraid of you like you're that weirdo girl person who is down here killing people and it's like yeah and from their perspective you know <laughs> I am like doing if that. I was walking down the street and someone just like fell to the ground, grabbed like a dog and just ate it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> we are. Like, 
Yeah, you should, you should probably send your best at me. Like, because I am coming after all of you and your emotions. Yeah, that, that's an aggressive way to meet new people. Even if, I, even if I went to a party, if I showed up at your party, right? You're throwing like a, like a buffet or a barbecue or a, a picnic or whatever, right? And like, I walk in, you don't know me, you didn't invite me. I walk up, I go immediately to like the wings and just, just like, just like five wings, bone clean. Get it on who's boss. Get it on who's boss. I, at that point, confrontation is a given. <laughs> like okay who who brought this guy like i've got i've got some i've got some work to do if i suddenly i'm gonna be okay at this <laughs> like, um hey guys like you know thank you for coming um like i don't want to tell you not to do that i, ju I just like every, the, everybody the wings were for everybody though you know <laughs> right, not anymore. Um, yeah, like, all right. Well, got a flank steak. I'm over like on the other side of the barbecue. Oh, no. <laughs> just you just buy the grill with your plate, Mark. Just <laughs> looking him in the eye, pulling the hot dogs like, directly off onto my plate. Yeah. <laughs> like, do we do we call someone? Do we? Everyone else here is a middleman. That that table's a middleman between that grill and me. Rest of you as a papyrus. I'm the main character. Yep. Can have your little scarf, but I'm the main character here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, choosing your own adventure game, like making your own choices. The life is strangers, which are fine. I, but I like true choose my own adventures versus quote unquote illusion of choice. Right. Those are fun books, by the way. Choose your own adventures. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've oh, yeah. run little like parties um, in the past where you get like I, you know, I used to. I worked at a bookstore. My job history is like long and complicated, but uh, I would just get like 60 of those books, you know, and then like you just have a party where everybody's just doing choose your own adventures all night. And if you die, boom, next book, like that story's done. It turns out you can go through them pretty fast, but <laughs> right. Like, but I didn't want to. Oh, yeah. It's like it's a foggy day. It's a foggy day. The car pulls up to pick you up and you notice that it, you know, it's a new driver. What do you do? And it's like, well, you hop in the car. It's your lift. And they're like, you die. And like, ah, oh, jeez. Don, stranger danger. Yeah. Stranger danger. My mother told me. <laughs> Never get in cars with strangers. Oh, no. Well, oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, they obviously don't know about lift. That's the funny thing. It's like you took someone... Not even like, oh, if you took like George Washington and threw them into the future. Like if you took like your grandparents yep. and brought them in like their mid twenties to now, like that <laughs> first of all, they would be like, Why is everyone dressed this way? Secondly, yeah. what is that device that you have to your face at all times? Right. Also, just <laughs> cars are going how fast? Oh my gosh, the whole thing would be terrifying. But wait, the whole Stranger Danger thing, by the way, didn't that only exist for like 20 years? Stranger Danger was like a 20-year phenomenon where suddenly every parent got terrified. But like in the 60s and 70s, people were just putting their thumb out and hopping on a car from California to New York. Stranger Danger, what? No. But that's, what, that's where Stranger Danger becomes a thing. Because of the they people in the sixties and seventies disappearing for like two decades, and we're like in the eighties of like maybe we shouldn't get in 
They weren't disappearing. They were in New York. Mm, okay. <laughs> they went to the farm with that dog. <laughs> they they all went to the farm. Um, yeah. I'm sure they made it. Okay. Well, if the people disappearing aren't the one, the people who made it to New York are the ones that are now telling us don't trust strangers. Like what? What are you talking about? That's all you did for years. You did. You were fighting for like one love and all that stuff, and now you're telling me not to like. J- that is my buddy's mom. I can tell. Let her just drive me home. Yeah, that's just, that's them. Remember, did you guys have passwords? Like, I remember being as a kid, my parents were like, we have a password. If someone doesn't have this password trying to pick you up, they can't pick you up. And I was no. like, oh, bet. <laughs> no, I never had that. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> What's the password? Wrong. <laughs> Not getting a car with you. But I would have been like, I don't know. I feel like my young little child self would have been like, nah, they just got to pass the vibe check. <laughs> they do, then I'm in. <laughs> Ooh, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast back when I listened to podcasts so much, and they were like murder mysteries and things of that nature, where again, it was called The Vanished, and it's like these yeah. people go missing. And one of them was that story of like going to miles away, and it's like, yeah, me and my teen girlfriend were just going to hitchhike there because during that time, that was the thing you did if you didn't have bus fare tickets or whatever. And I'm just like, Boy, this sounds like a bad idea. I hope nothing. Oh, the bad thing happened. Oh, right. And that's why I don't listen to true crime. It will it will frighten you for most things. Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to true crime. I don't want to. I don't want to know it because that is that is how I'm going to stop myself from taking opportunities. You know, like I don't need to learn other people's lessons. I want to learn mine. Oh man, but yeah. So I guess lesson of today's um, spotlight. Um, look both ways when you cross the street. Always. I was the one, was it look, listen? No. I was the one. Stop, like, dropping roll? Was, also, also stop, drop, and roll. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, don't go in cars with people you don't know unless, you know, you lift an Uber and make sure it's yeah, the right car. The vibe, check. vibe check. If they have any kind of snack, <laughs> I'm sure they're trustworthy. A rigorous vibe check. <laughs> Oh, I'm being asked a question in the chat. Hold I see. On. I don't. Do I do I think horror games that are more realistic are scary than the ones that have far out storylines? Uh I think for me they're both kind of the same, but one gets in my head more. Um, okay. Horror for me, so I didn't grow up like watching because I was a little scaredy cat. I was a little Brady kid, uh, so I didn't watch any horror stuff growing up. Like the scariest movie that I remember was watching uh, when a stranger calls. The cars okay. came from inside the building, you know, and I was like, oh, ah, ah. and I was like watching it with like a little, you know, high school girlfriend or a middle school, whatever. And I was like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But I was, I was afraid. And so I didn't watch any of it. So now horror to me, oh, horror is like purely a storytelling like thing. Um, so things will like freak me out. But jump scares, nah. Um, it's purely like psychological when something gets in my head and especially a good soundtrack. Oh, it'll melt me. A good soundtrack just gets and destroys me. Um, so like the realistic ones, I think just don't require me to enter suspension of disbelief, Mm. uh, which means that it's a shorter path to get me into that psychological space. I gotcha. Yeah. 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 
and I think the like there's a game and I'm forgetting the name of it where it, it's it's an indie game. It is a very small, maybe 30 minute game, if that long, of a home invasion. Is it a game? Yeah. And it's kind of choose your own adventure in a way, but it's yeah. But it, it is a I forget the name of it, but it's basically just you're your teenage kid home alone because parents have to do you know work or whatever. Parents have to parent. And it is just you being stuck at home. It's like hardcore home alone. Right. And it's one of those small things of was that window open? I left. Huh. Oh well. Like, did I close that door? Huh. Oh well. And it's that creepy feeling of like, sure, if the ghosts come get you, that's like that's kind of scary, I guess. Sure, um, monsters and things, of course, sure. But it's something about like things that can actually happen. Yeah. When you know what's going on, you see that door creaking behind them with their headphones on, but they can't hear it. Or if you watched like the bat, did you watch the Batman, the newest one? I watched the back half of it. Ah, the front half of it starts off not with a jump scare, but just uneasing of it. Where you see a guy talking on the phone, and as he again the way again like you talk about like the music, and I love movies. I love movies. Like I like the way they they shot it, where you don't see what's behind him until he moves, and then you're like, oh, there's a person in that darkness. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha you're creepy now and it just brings more of that because you know what's about to happen everyone knows what's about to happen besides the person that's in that lens who again is on the phone talking about whatever ah but hey you have another question from puppet i have a question caller you're on the line go ahead and call her oh kicking in my puppet voice hi (laughs) tj um what makes you love indies so much um what makes them different than AAA, in your opinion? Such a good puppet. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry, Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Sorry. What makes me love indie games so much? Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a simple answer, but uh, like love, love is is what makes them really stand out to me. Um, it's the same thing that makes me, you know, this is, this isn't going to sound like it's the most active endorsement for indie games, but it is for me. It's the reason why one of my favorite game or movies in the world is the room, um, or like B movies that were made. And some of my least favorite are the things like Michael Bay, you know, something like that there, there is just something tangibly and noticeably different in, uh, in something that you experience when you can tell that the person who made it cared and when they're so that that's really like what stands out in indie games to me and it's you know lazy game making is always something that i'm not gonna enjoy but there's just so much when it comes from a single character especially when you have a smaller team actually there's something kind of cool which is that when you have a smaller team working on a game there's a much more distinct sense of perspective because um, the the collective number, sorry, there's a car going past a bit of weight, so it's not in the recording. Because when you have a smaller number of people creating the game, there's fewer voices that are going to be eventually homogenizing into the center uh, on the average of the population. So, you know, you have a thousand people having a conversation, they're eventually going to hit the middle. But when you have five people who are all working together because they're from a similar background, then you're more likely to have that that voice 
that comes through in that game. And I think that's also something that can be really beautiful um, because games at the end of the day are a way to, yeah, experience and, and a story and a perspective and a, and a situation. And so when a, when a voice comes through more strongly, then I also really enjoy that. Oh, okay. So we are somewhat close to being finished, I believe, at least with recording. There is one here that Puppet added. I'm assuming, Puppet, you did this, so I'm going to blame you, just so we're clear. Um, TJ, tell us about your mom. Uh, see, originally our recording day was going to be Mother's Day. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. That was yes. true. That's true. That's true. But also, my mom's such a cutie. She's the best. So my parents are delightful. I'm very uh, fortunate with my parents. But my mom, uh, we did not get along great in like the teenage years and all that stuff because my mom is like uh, the antithesis to me from a personality standpoint okay uh, which is as it turns out as an adult and as a child incredibly useful because i am uh, a chaotic little gremlin and she is very like organized and scheduled and it's and uh, that was great for me. But then when I was a teenager, I'd be like, I'm going to do this, you know, vaguely. And she's like, well, when? I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And she's like, it just completely devolves from there. But uh, yeah, oh my goodness. My mom and I get along great now. It's great. I call her all the time. But she's, uh, we got to get some of the things out of the way. She is, and I mean this so endearingly. Mom, I love you. Uh, she is the least funny per person I've ever met. <laughs> and it's amazing because my dad, one of the funnier people that I've met and, it, mm. and but my mom, she tells maybe two jokes a year, like attempted jokes. And they're usually okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Attempt, attempt was made. Attempt yeah. was made. And, it, and it's the best. Oh my gosh. Every time she does, like I'll laugh so hard for them because she like oh my gosh she's going for it she's going for it good for you mom and i love it and she's great um she's a fabulous uh cook growing up you know she was um about my age now when when uh my sister and i were getting raised and she's i remember the meals that i had young and i know the meals that i had now and her she has evolved so much as a cook that now she's she's amazing She's incredible, and I like remember the meals growing up, uh, and, and they weren't always. But like, good for her. She like stayed on her craft, and she she like crushed it. She's amazing. But honestly, the biggest thing about my mom is um, you may have picked up on this when I was growing up. You know, without like much internet and without many like video games, without like a whole lot of that stuff, right? Is um, I I grew up like you know we didn't have a whole lot of money. It's like my my parents you know moved us up to this state and grabbed you know like a ten acre piece of property where we could like grow up and like have a homestead and my parents are still there now but it meant that we didn't have a whole lot of stuff and i did not know that until i was in my mid-20s uh i was talking with my sister and she's like do you remember when we were growing up and like <laughs> like and we, were, we like didn't have like any money at all and i was like i do not thank you sister i when when was this she's like all of our childhood it's like what <laughs> that was a thing so really just kudos to both of my parents but it's my it's mother's day specifically for like i never knew never knew had no idea and yeah they she just she'll go to any length i'll tell one other story about my mom 
when I was uh, doing commentary and I was doing it at a local game store, uh, we had like eventually I upgraded from like a broom closet. The place moved locations and I got my own little closet. Like it was now my closet and we had like the green screen and we had, we had okay. a bunch of thing and all that stuff. And we had this little like card table is what we were doing it all on. And eventually it's like, you know what? I need to, I need to get a desk. I need to get a desk for this. That'll fit two people so that we can have like a nice little space to do our work and have all the deck lists and everything. So, uh, and I came to this conclusion and I offhandedly, I was hanging out, you know, I was having dinner with my folks and uh, she's like, what are you up to today? And I was like, oh, you know, uh, you might go start looking around for some desks for all that stuff. And that was like a small sliver of the conversation, which was largely house commentary going. And like a tiny footnote in that conversation, which is a footnote of the whole evening, was just me mentioning, I'm going to go pick up a desk eventually that can hold like two people. Anyway, um, three days pass. I kind of forget about it because it's on my to-do list, but I haven't done it yet. Blah, blah, blah. Three days pass and I get a call from my mom and I answer it. I'm like, hi, mom. And she's like, okay, I found the desk. What? And she's like, the desk. And I was like, the what? She's like, the desk. And as it turns out, she has been to every thrift shop in the nearest oh, four wow. She Every single one. She's gone to every thrift shop in the nearest four cities. And she found the desk. And actually, it was the desk. We, I bought that desk. It was like 30 bucks. She, she even hey, guys. Editor Sam here with an announcement, or at least an apology. Craig didn't make it to the end of this podcast, sadly, so I am here to do the wrap-up. I want to thank TJ for being here this week for our very first game, Raven Spotlight. Again, a lot of fun, so I want to thank TJ for that. Again, follow TJ under pretty much most things, I believe, at Your Neighbor TJ. Again, Your Neighbor TJ. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok at Game Raven Review. Also, if you would like to check out our live streams, you can go to Game Raven Review on Twitch. Again, that is twitch.tv forward slash Game Raven Review. Um, pretty much we are seven days a week now playing indie games. So, again, if that is your jam, please come and jam with us. Um, you can also find me at Sam Said It DFW. Again, Sam Said It DFW and also on all social media platforms again thank you all for listening this has been great fun and until next time goodbye game, game